الجزيرة بودكاست People must know that if they come here illegally, it will result in their detention and swift removal. Just last year, nearly 46,000 refugees and migrants arrived in the United Kingdom on small boats across the English Channel. But the British government has a new plan to stop them altogether. Once this happens, and they know it will happen, they will not come and the boats will stop. The plan is so controversial, though, that even the government says it pushes the bounds of international law. So why are they pushing for something that might not even be legal? And will the UK Parliament approve it? I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. In the eyes of the UK government, the arrival of people by boat to Britain's southern shores in search of a better life is a wave of illegal migration, one they feel is exploiting the country's asylum seeker system. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has made dealing with it one of his top priorities. Here he is announcing his new immigration bill last week. If you come here illegally, you can't claim asylum. You can't benefit from our modern slavery protections. You can't make spurious human rights claims. And you can't stay. To discuss, I sat down with Charlie Angela, an Al Jazeera English reporter based in London. So, Charlie, there have been a lot of proposals by successive UK governments in recent years to address the issue of asylum seekers and refugees coming to the country. And this new proposal is just the latest. Can you explain what's in it? So Prime Minister Rishi Sunak is calling it the Stop the Boats Bill. And essentially the government wants to send a message to deter any would-be migrants or refugees from making the journey from France to Britain on a small boat. Making the dangerous journey across the channel from France to the UK these migrants are taking a giant step in search for a better life. They're calling it coming in by an illegal route, but essentially, it is not illegal for an asylum seeker to come into a country. It cannot, you cannot penalise an asylum seeker for the route through which they arrive in a country. But the idea is that they want to send the message that if you arrive in Britain via a small boat, you will not be able to apply for British citizenship ever, no matter how great your need for asylum is. So the plan is to deter people to make that dangerous crossing. And because it is undoubtedly, it's a huge problem. Almost 46,000 people made that crossing last year. That's a 60% rise on the year before. So it's right, the government has to do something. It's just whether or not this is the right thing. And many are questioning that it is, with the plan having caused quite a bit of controversy. It's controversial on so many levels, and the opposition has come in so thick and so fast. This bill isn't a solution. It is a con that risks making the chaos worse. Britain deserves better than this chaos. Britain is better than this. I think it's rather taken the government by surprise. It's come in from lawyers. It's come in from charities who are saying, well, if we 
essentially arrest and detain people who are arriving off small boats. We are basically criminalizing mm. people who've already just taken a horrific journey, people who are already in pretty desperate circumstances. I've been traveling and struggling country to country, places to places, feeling home and then you have to leave home and then it's just really difficult. The reason I left my country is we don't have status, we don't have freedom and we don't have any right to choose in our country. I don't have a life, you know? I don't have a life. I don't have a life in my country. There's also opposition coming in, obviously, who are saying this is just political posturing. It is a completely unworkable plan. And what should be done actually is criminalizing the people smugglers instead, not the people who are making the journey. There's also the practical problems that have been raised by charities, by the opposition. Where are these people going to go? Where are they going to be housed? Because at the moment, detention centers in this country are at capacity. There is a backlog of 160,000 people that have not had their asylum applications processed. Hotels are having to deal with the overflow and that's costing the British taxpayer almost six million pounds a day. Right. And if you could just break this down for me, the UK government says this is not the way to do it. But if you are fleeing your home, what then is the way to do it? Are they proposing that people should be applying from their home countries for asylum into the UK? So the options at the moment are so-called safe passage routes, which is open to people from Ukraine, from Hong Kong, and from Afghanistan. Mm. Now, it's worked quite well in the case of people from Hong Kong and Ukraine. You know, we've hosted a number of refugees in this country. Afghanistan, only 22 Afghans used it last year, hmm. versus the 8,000 that arrived by small boats. Wow. So it's not working in the way that it should. At the moment, there doesn't seem a plan in place to open up similar safe routes from other countries. So there is a lot of pressure on the government to put forward a plan to open up safe alternative routes. But the government sees it differently. What the government says is, well, hang on, these people who are arriving via small boats have already traveled through a number of safe countries. So if they're coming from Syria, if they're coming from Eritrea, They've had to go through a number of safe countries already, perhaps Germany, perhaps France. So the government would say they could be applying for asylum there. If they truly are fleeing persecution, torture, they should be applying in the first safe country that they arrive to, not waiting to get to the UK. So you mentioned the outcry, the criticism that the UK government has received for this. The UN and the EU have both called it a breach of international law. And what's kind of interesting is that even the UK government itself seems to be aware that it could be in tricky legal territory. Home Minister Suella Braverman has said the law would push the bounds of international law. She even wrote to fellow conservative MPs to say there's a more than 50% chance that the law is incompatible with the European Court of Human Rights. So why is the government putting this forward if they know that? What is the calculation there? I think we have to bear in mind that 
immigration was a really big issue for this country during the Brexit negotiations. There were big promises made on refugees and asylum seekers arriving in this country by the Conservative government. And when Rishi Sunak became prime minister, he made it one of his top big five priorities for the electorate. So there is a belief that they have to deliver on these promises. Whether or not this bill that they've put forward is actually workable remains to be seen because of the legal challenges that are going to come. But it is sending a very strong message that we are the Conservative government doing something on this issue. And yes, we're going to challenge international law, particularly the European Court of Human Rights, who have challenged their previous plan on immigration with Rwanda. Well, let's talk about the Rwanda plan. Is there a sense of deja vu to some extent with the fact that there have been other proposals, most notably that controversial plan to send asylum seekers to Rwanda? In a highly controversial change to UK immigration policy, the government plans to send anyone deemed to be entering the country illegally to Rwanda in East Africa. Those who travel to the UK by illegal and dangerous routes, including by small boats across the Channel, may be relocated to Rwanda, where they will have their asylum claims considered. The government still wants to go forward with it, but for the time being, it appears to be in legal limbo blocked by the European Convention on Human Rights. So do you think that this plan could have that same fate? I mean, if you were to read the newspapers, that's exactly what they would say, Mm -hmm. that this plan is going to go the same way as the Rwanda plan, which 11 months on, not a single flight has taken off, despite £150 million of the taxpayers' money being spent on the project. Um, And considering the reaction to this Stop the Boats bill on the legal side, it is looking like it could go the same way. After the break, just how big a story has this been in the UK? And is the human element of this story getting lost in the politics of immigration? I'm Charles Dance, your narrator for Hindsight, a dramatized podcast from Al Jazeera. We meet the people who changed the way we think about our world and those who left it marked by their infamy. Hindsight from Al Jazeera, wherever you get your podcasts. The British government's new plan to stop asylum seekers from entering the country by boat has been one of the biggest stories in the UK for the past week. The British Prime Minister has been defending his government's new plan to stop migrants arriving illegally in the UK on small boats. The UN Refugee Agency warns that the draft law will amount to an asylum ban and called for more humane solutions. The Labour leader, Sir Keir Starmer, said the government is simply offering gimmicks and empty promises. Al Jazeera's Charlie Angela has been telling us about the mood on the ground. If you were to listen to the Home Secretary announcing the legislation in Parliament, it was a very, very lively debate. After five minutes of hysteria, histrionics and criticism, I'm still still not clear. There was a lot of heckling, a lot of shushing. I've just got no idea what Labour's plan is. And... A lot of the front pages are focused on the language that she used. She used some very inflammatory language. And it wasn't the first time. 
In October, the country's Home Secretary, Suella Braverman, was criticized by many for referring to migration as an invasion. The British people deserve to know which party is serious about stopping the invasion on our southern coast and which party is not. Now that's not the kind of language that we're used to in this country when talking about people who have had to flee desperate situations or are coming here for a variety of reasons. Just a few days after announcing this plan, British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak met with French President Emmanuel Macron. And among the agreements that came out of their meeting was that the UK will now be paying France more than $500 million to help clamp down on illegal immigration from France to the UK. How significant is it that the British prime minister is working closely with the French president on this issue? Yes, the summit on Friday between France and Britain was hugely significant. The papers here have been calling it a bromance between (laughs) Prime Minister Rishi Sunak and Emmanuel Macron. Friends again. Rishi Sunak and Emmanuel Macron have met before. They like each other. Now they want to show that whatever the divisions of the last few years, France and the UK are back together. So, yeah, after years of what have been really pretty frosty relations between France and Britain, especially after Brexit, this is a significant moment in terms of cooperation between the two countries on this issue. And it is evident that Sunak is trying to charm his French counterpart because the Conservative Party, as they see it, France is the one that has the power to stop these small boats from being launched, stopping it at source, as they put it. So the government's signed a deal to give France £480 million, and that's going to be spent on building detention centres there on better drones, surveillance technology, but also policing those beaches. Mm. And they're hoping, ultimately, that by intercepting these small boats, they will be disrupting the business model of these people smugglers and ultimately putting them out of business. So, Charlie... You have reported on asylum seekers and refugees trying to come to Europe from all parts of the world for years. Do you think that the human element of all of this gets lost on people? What's at stake for people who take these risks to get on these boats? I think it's very hard sometimes to convey the trauma that these people have been through in trying to just reach a better life. I think the trauma is often so, um, it's quiet. I think the human element definitely gets buried. I mean, I've met some bright, brilliant, resilient people who've made this journey. And I remember one boy from Eritrea who reminded me so much of my nephew. Mm. He was so full of hope and humor and ambition. But the journey that he'd made from Eritrea to Libya was so traumatic. He'd Mm. seen people being thrown off the truck and abandoned to die in the Sahara, people who couldn't pay the people smugglers extra money. And I remember thinking, he's here and he wants to get to Britain. He's 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 literally only just halfway. What what is ahead of him? The thought that he would have that spirit crushed was 
and it, and the fact it hadn't been crushed yet was it's heartbreaking no. it's heartbreaking and I think now the people that we interview don't 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 really want to talk anymore they see well, like, well what's the point of talking mm. to the breast it gets us nothing wow why should we it could jeopardize our application it could what is the point what am I going to get from the press I don't I don't feel like being you know exploited yeah. for content which I understand at this point the world knows and these problems still exist so I can see that calculation mm. based on your reporting and the talks that you've had with people about this it begs the question do policies like this stop the boat policy actually stop people from getting on boats so one of my colleagues, Paul Brennan, was in Calais a few weeks ago and he put that question to a Sudanese man who was waiting to make the crossing. He was actually saying he was going to try and smuggle himself into the back of a lorry. Mm. He tried twice but had failed. It's very uh, risky. Would you take a boat if you had the opportunity? Yes, of course, I would. And... My colleague put the question to him, well, what happens if you arrive and your asylum application is denied and you are sent to Rwanda? And he said, I don't think this is going to happen. I believe that the British people will overturn such an inhumane policy. And I think they would probably say the same for this, that we will still keep trying to come via small boats because we understand that you know, Britain's long-standing history in receiving asylum seekers will continue. That's why it is quite such a shocking policy, I think, because it is such an about turn. And that's The Take. This episode was produced by Ashish Malhotra, with Chloe K. Lee, Nagin Oliai, Miranda Lynn, Amy Walters, Khaled Sultan, and me, Malika Bilal. Alex Roldan is our sound designer. Our engagement producers are Monira Al-Dosari and Adam Abugad. Alexander Locke is The Take's executive producer, and Ney Alvarez is Al Jazeera's head of audio. We'll be back on Friday.